welcome to the second season of our triune pod we are still preparing you to praise join me the reverend nick comiskey and the reverend bendy hart for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the psalms we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time Welcome back to our train pod. Nick and Ben here. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Well, Ben, I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I am. I'm all right, man. It's uh, I mean, we're very much still in the summer here in Birmingham, Alabama. If I was still in New York, I'd be thinking about the fall and all these kids going back to school and the weather changing. But I've been told the weather doesn't change until November here. So I've got to be prepared for the heat and humidity. So I'm not really thinking about the fall that much. But because every other podcast is doing this, I just want to ask you, what are you looking forward to this upcoming fall? Any TV, movies, sports? Yeah, man. I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, Thrones is back, or some variant of Thrones, um, Sunday nights, which, you know, some people like the show, some people don't. I'm not even necessarily going to make an argument to watch the show. I will say it's cool, though, just to watch things with people. You know, I feel like so much of our viewing experience now is on demand because we just can stream whatever we want, whenever we want. And so whether it's Thrones or insert fun show here to just be able to watch with other people and have that communal experience, that's dope. Um, Speaking of communal experience, man, I think the thing I'm most excited about is um, got a few concerts lined up this fall. There is a... um, this podcast episode that have you ever listened to the podcast, the New York times, like music podcast. Um, It's a lot of times it's about like house music or like random internet trends that I have no connection to. But a couple of weeks ago, there was this episode on the title. So great innovations in American hardcore. And it was all about this like burgeoning hardcore movement typified by the band turnstile is super popular, but it just talks about all these different bands and how like there is this, trend of these bands coming up that are just putting on the most unbelievable concerts like so intense and a lot of times it's like a lot of women that are there a lot of people of color it's not just like white dudes in basketball shorts it's like a pretty you know um, representative space and people just go so crazy like physically just stage diving bombing off you know and so i've I found out about a couple of cool bands through this pod that i've looked at and a couple of them are coming through raleigh so i'm going to go to some of those shows and hopefully hopefully do some stage diving we'll see oh maybe jay and i'll ask you about that because we are dying to go to a concert dude and, and, and my bands go through birmingham oh in birmingham there's um i think it's called furnace fest it's like the biggest hardcore festival and one of the biggest hardcore festivals in the country it's like the it's like the best lineup in the world dude it's uh, yeah, September unless, 23rd in Birmingham. Less listeners, you think we're the only ones into this. I was just yesterday, I was looking through Metacritic for albums of the year. They have like their top 20 albums for, for half a year. And at least five of them, uh, 80, you know, if you know the Metacritic score, it's like out of 100. And it's really hard to get up to 80. But five of the best albums were hardcore bands really you're above reviews so when you were while you were saying that i was like oh man that that lives up to my experience yesterday of looking at what's been well reviewed i mean if i feel like five years ago there it was, was it was dead dude it was dead yeah. yeah 
I think the legacy acts. I think it's the nineties, man. I think it's because the nineties are so popular now, like in culture. And so people like the idea of going back to super intense, super intimate, super, um, like punk rock and sensibility, if not sonically, you know, kind of like every man type bands, you know? Yeah. Dude, Is my- that why we've had two documentaries in two years on Woodstock 99? Like we see the 90s are coming back, but we're worried about all the toxic elements. <laughs> so my, no, I think I, the reason, I mean, I like those documentaries because I like some of the concert footage. I hate when documentaries show footage of stuff that they're ostensibly reprimanding people for liking but the reason why the documentaries are cool is because they're showing that footage you know it's like they're talking about like how awful all the people were that listening to corn but like that's the coolest part of the documentary it's like watching corn just rock out you know what i'm saying yeah i haven't watched this netflix one yet i I probably will for the very reason you said i want more footage um but yeah man like we said last year Watching this stuff makes me wish I was there. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't think that's the intended. Maybe it is the intended effect, but they can't say that because it's so like, you know, countercultural. But, yeah. but anyway. as you said, a lot of these concerts are attracting not just like white dudes. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. Like, a lot terrible. of these bands have like female lead singers or like tons of black dudes. You know, it's not. It's definitely a different type of thing now, which is which is awesome. Yeah. It's like Soul Glow. We talked about them. All right. We're going to talk about the Bible, right? Not just uh, yep, yep, yep. innovations in American hardcore. The word of God. Psalm 81, verse 1, and then verses 10 through 16 goes like this. Sing with joy to God our strength and raise a loud shout to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and said, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And yet my people did not hear my voice and Israel would not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their hearts to follow their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I should soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their punishment would last forever. But Israel would I feed with the finest wheat and satisfy him with honey from the rock. Nick, you are my honey. From the rock, tell me what you got. Well, uh, let's just start like big picture, kind of outliney stuff. So I think you can understand this psalm as an initial call to celebration, like you would get at a big feast in ancient Israel, or you can imagine a worship service in your local church. Sing with joy to God our strength and raise a loud shout to the God of Jacob. It's a summons, it's an invitation. Um, and then in the last six verses of the psalm that we get in a lectionary, it is a first person address from God. God is speaking to his people and he is addressing them in light of the situation created by their unfaithfulness in the text. So there's this wonderful promise. I know I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I said, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. And then verse 13, excuse me, verse 11, and yet extraordinary promise of God. And yet my people did not hear my voice. Israel would not obey me. And you see the consequences of that. God gives them over the stubbornness of their hearts, very Romans 1-ish. And, um, but I think verse 13 is really the main theme of the psalm as a whole. It's uh, 
hashtag God's dream. It's God's desire for his people to listen to him, to walk in his ways. Uh, and then there's this extraordinary promise, some of which is a little complicated for us, verses 14 and 15, but man, we love verse 16. Uh, <laughs> we will be fed with the finest wheat and satisfied with honey from the rock. I don't, um, I don't know if you could explain this term to me, Ben. I know you're a much more uh, learned reader and learned student of Karl Barth, but the phrase that came to my mind, and I might be completely misapplying this, is the theology of crisis is the like, like nullification of human religiosity or our ability to abide and walk with the Lord and the way that the Psalm kind of lays bare our human propensity to screw things up and the call and invitation of God to walk closer with him. So I think the Psalm in some ways, the effect of it is to create a, it's the law. You know, it's like, it's the, it's the law that God says, you know, I will, I want to bless you in this way, but you will not yield to me, my desire to bless you. And then the gospel comes later, but I think to hear the word of the law, this is just kind of an indictment of human, the human capacity to listen and obey the Lord. There's a lot of gospel promises that we can get into, but in terms of like the original message of the Psalm, quote unquote, I feel like it is, it is kind of this kind of casting down of human pretension. Yeah, yeah. The one commentator I read, and I think this goes whether you meant it or not with a theology of crisis, but that this psalm is definitely something that the people of Israel said at least annually. And the understanding is that the people of God will always be stubborn, will always be inclined to screw things up. And yet at the same time, there's always that call to follow totally if we're if the assumption is that we're always going to be stubborn and yet we can always follow there's yeah two things happening at once and really kind of points to the fact that i mean it's the same thing like what we do every sunday if you're in a liturgical church is you say the confession every single sunday because um, you've screwed up between last Sunday and this Sunday. Yeah. At the same time, there's that understanding of it's not ideal for us to continue in our terrible ways or, or to, to keep screwing up. But I don't know if that's what you meant, but that's, that's what I. Yeah. Heard. Yeah. That contradiction in some respects. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's not to, um, it's neither to kind of imprison people and feelings of worthlessness nor excuse wayward behavior. It's just a, it's true. <laughs> it's just a, a, fact that there is not one of us who hears the voice of the Lord and obeys the Lord as we ought. And so it's, it's just an admission of reality and reality is always your friend to say, yeah, um, you, God, you said to me, open wide your mouth and I will fill it, but I actually did not hear your voice. So it's good to be reminded of that. Uh, most merciful God have mercy upon us. Right. Um, and I think the verses that we maybe don't love or sometimes cringe at i said cringe because the word cringe is in there but th those verses assume that we have enemies so of course we have a human propensity to mess things up i have a propensity to mess things up but there we're also not a neutral territory we do have enemies that we kind of get caught up with and they veer us off course they kind of drown out god's voice for lack of a better word um, and yet God's desire is not only that our mouths be opened and that he fill it, but that he fill it with the finest wheat 
that he satisfy us with honey from the rock. Now, I don't know what honey from the rock means. I think of like, you know, the rock uh, that that Moses struck and the water came out, but there's there's no honey involved with that. So I don't really right. know land flowing of milk and honey. I don't know. But ultimately, it's, I mean, whether it's our propensity to screw things up uh, mixed with a real adversary, um, the Lord's unending desire year in and year out, despite our stubbornness, is to fill us is to liberate us mm. and with the best gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a more devotional or, or spiritual reading of honey from the rock would be to interpret the rock as barrenness or, or suffering or death. And God brings suffering out of, excuse me, God brings sweetness out of suffering, right? God brings resurrection out of the cross. Like imagine if you're in the desert and like, man, all we got is this cold, hard, rock and out of the rock god brings honey so i mean it's like this gospel truth you know when i'm weak then i'm strong it's like in in the in the lowest places in the hardest places in the rock um god brings honey it's this you know promise of the gospel in a lot of ways again yeah. i think that's a more of a devotional reading but that's why we're here man you know i mean also i mean i think that's what the psalmist does at times yeah. so the rock or death might be in this psalm, our stubbornness of heart that we have been handed over to, um, the fact that we just go after our own devices. And here, God is going to resurrect. Um, yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I mean, and to quote, roll with that. To quote St. Paul, uh, the rock was Christ. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I was thinking that too. That's yeah. I mean, oh. The Bible's so rich. Come on. Yeah, there's something about uh, the the suffering of Jesus is our sustenance and is our life. You know, it's sweet and it like is satisfying. I also learned today, literally this morning, I was like, I woke up at six, whatever, 15 and like, it was my day to feed the baby. So I was like, kind of trying to get my, I, like, I have this very complex routine of like getting my coffee, getting the bottle ready, waking up our daughter walking her downstairs, managing to both drink my coffee and feed our daughter. Cause I can't like do it without having coffee. Anyway, I was in this weird state and makes like, Hey, did you know that honey is toxic for babies? I was like, Whoa, okay. Good morning. So, <laughs> FYI listeners, a uh, honey from the rock. Only if you're an adult, no, I'm just kidding. Amen. On that note, praise out. Sing with joy to God, our strength and raise a loud shout to the God of Jacob. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Yet my people did not hear my voice and Israel would not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their hearts to follow their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I should soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But Israel, what I feed with the finest wheat and satisfy him with honey from the rock. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.